for our mothers, be they among the living or the dead, let us pray. Almighty God, you who keep us under your wings like a mother hen, bless our mothers and all mothers here present, who, through travail and joy, brought us into this world and raised us and sustain them by your mothering presence, that they may grow from hope to glory as your beloved children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Like Valentine's Day and Father's Day, how you feel about Mother's Day might fall under the relationship status of it's complicated. For many of us, Mothers are the closest thing to God's unconditional love we will ever know. But for others, this day is fraught. Our mother's love was very conditional, or it was arbitrary, or it was abusive. Or we miss our mothers who have died today. Or we never really knew our mother. And this day can be a painful reminder for women who cannot conceive or bear a child, who've miscarried, who never had children and get the message in so many little ways that they are less than. So we also offer up a prayer for God's healing love to surround those women for whom this day is complicated. This Tuesday, it'll be eight weeks since our Bay Area counties started sheltering in place. I know that some of you <laughs> are climbing the walls right about now. In fact, I, I think I see some of you already up near the ceiling. For others, what was once anxiety has now become frustration. To many of us at St. Luke's, though not all, the immediate threat of this pandemic feels vague. It's just so weird to hear about the death of thousands and an imploding economy out there and be told over and over again that our response must be to do nothing but stay in here. So to alleviate your apprehension, I have been determined all week to give you a comforting sermon, no matter what. To rub your spiritual belly with the soothing balm of our faith. Now, you know that does not come naturally to me. Why would I waste an opportunity to wag my finger and tell you you're not doing enough? But these tough times call for desperate measures, and so I will play nice. Take off my cranky pants and don the sweatpants of sweetness. <laughs> I will put on blinders to the news of the day, as infuriating as it is, and I will wear them like an ill-fitting mask. But I've got to warn you, that means this sermon is going to be short. I cannot sustain optimism for very long, especially these days, and I am guessing you can't either. To paraphrase Tolstoy, happy sermons are all alike. Every unhappy sermon is unhappy in its own way. 
Of course, that was the first sentence of an 800-page novel that ends tragically, which just proves that there's not much to say about happy. But here we go. Chapter 14 of John's Gospel, which we heard from today, begins a four-chapter section that scholars call the Farewell Discourse. This is at the Last Supper, and Jesus is pouring out his teachings one last time in a long monologue to his disciples. In today's reading, he tells them, Guys, my time is short, but do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions, and I'm simply going on ahead to make sure yours is ready to receive you when the time comes. We often hear this reading at funerals, and the words are a real comfort to the bereaved. But the message to the first people who heard it in the Johannine community for whom this gospel was written, that message was slightly different. They weren't meant to hear Jesus' words as a promise of eternal life lived in a mansion. For them, who lived in the 80s and 90s of the first century, decades after the time of Jesus, for them the question was more, where is he? Why hasn't he come back yet? How am I supposed to serve an absent Lord? And so the writer of John is assuring them, he hasn't forgotten you. In fact, he's preparing a place for you, and when the time is right, he will come again and will take you to himself, and you'll be together. In essence, John is saying that the seeming absence of God does not sever the relationship. Simply put, that's my message for you today. Remember that God is with you, especially in these troubled and surreal times. Take heart, renew your strength, and let your soul find its rest in the arms of Christ. There are deeper truths and a wider reality than what we see around us. Racism, narcissism, and death surround us, but do not define us if we can but stay focused on God's love. Even Stephen, stoned and buffeted by the angry mob in his darkest hour, saw a vision of Christ that sustained him. Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That sight gave him strength to cry out his last words, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stay strong through these challenging months, however you can. If you're stressed and not praying or meditating, then get started. As it says in 1 Peter today, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation. And if you don't know how to pray, then just use the words of Psalm 31 from today, over and over again. They are a great prayer, ready-made for your use. Make haste to deliver me. My times are in your hand. Make your face to shine upon your servant, 
and in your loving kindness save me. Finally, if you're ever confused about what to do in these anxious times, listen to the answer Jesus gives to Thomas in today's Gospel, when that disciple asks, Lord, how can we know the way to where you are going? Jesus replies, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. In chapter 13, just before today's passage, Jesus did two things. First, he washed the feet of his disciples as a sign that they are to follow his example of service to others and to lead through humility. Second, he gives them the new commandment, love one another just as I have loved you. Then at the beginning of chapter 14 today, Jesus promises his continued presence and assures his disciples they will see one another again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I am the way, and the way is service. I wash your feet that you may wash the feet of others. When you are struggling, Jesus says, don't just do as Mr. Rogers says and look to the helpers. Be the helpers. Don't just sit on your behind and fret all day. There's a lot you can do while sheltering in place that will improve the lot of others in this world. As I say every day, almost at morning prayer, donate to charities serving those in need. There is so much need. Call someone who's isolated or lonely or send them a card. Read something that inspires you, not depresses you like the news. Make concrete plans for future good deeds once you are back out in the world. I am the way, and the way is service. I am the truth, and the truth is love. Even as our country starts back on its familiar path of hatred, partisanship, violence, and greed, insist on love. Jesus knew he was about to be crucified, and that dark hour was precisely the one he chose to give his new commandment. Love, no matter what. Don't let the news of the day overwhelm your ability to love. Don't give up and fall into despair. In the rather shocking words of a fortune cookie I opened two days ago, despair is criminal. <laughs> now is not the time to commit such a crime. I am the life, and the life is one of faith. Keep your mind's eye set on God, on Christ who prepares to come again and bring you to him, and live accordingly. If your actions are not motivated to serve, if your thoughts are not centered in love, and you know when they aren't, then you are not grounded in Christ, and you are not living into the faith to which God has called you. Okay, now I'm starting to wag my finger. 
When I was an assistant priest in Boston nine years ago, the rector there would lecture me on how to best prepare a sermon. You gotta spend hours and hours each week with the commentaries before writing it, but don't let them do your thinking for you, he'd admonish. Why, I spend almost 20 hours on my sermons every time I preach. Then, invariably, he would climb the pulpit stairs each Sunday, look out on the mostly African-American, Cape Verdean, and Caribbean parishioners, and deliver an eight-minute sermon whose message never changed. God loves you very, very, very much, and so do I. I did not spend 20 hours on this sermon, but my message to you is the same. 